I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, with a virtual visit to the Kingston Showhouse. Hey, are you as tired of the word virtual as I am? As tired of the word virtual as I am, without the ability to have these conversations, we would not have access to designers and showcase houses in parts of the country like the Hudson Valley in upstate New York. The 2020 showcase includes work by Anna Claudia Design, Ariana S. Winston, Jennifer Salvamini, Katie Reed Interiors, Patrick Ryan's Office, Stone Ridge Landscapes, Demur Drake, Henley and Company, Krishna Fitzpatrick, Lava Interiors, This and That, and Jen Dragon. Marilyn Demore of Demore Drake is the founder of this project, and this is the third offering of this showcase home. On a personal note, 2020 presented all of us with a choice. Curl up in a ball and shut down, or figure out how to reinvent ourselves over and over again. While we struggle to figure out how to work th- uh, through this and get back to life on the other side of this thing, this joint struggle has brought some of us closer together. Convo by Design has been reinvented throughout this eight-year production. I was able to cover a relatively new design house, and I'm really proud and happy to share this with you. Thanks for downloading and streaming this episode of the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do, so you don't miss a single episode of the show, like this one from the Kingston Design House. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger a progressive brand that was built on a promise to provide designers, architects, and homeowners with the right materials to do their very best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But it's more than that. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program that makes the specifying process simple with the support you need. They've been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. In 2020, I launched a series in partnership with Walker Zenger called The Showroom. This intimate interview series showcases some of the very best creatives in the business today. Please join us live or catch every episode recorded so you can enjoy it on your schedule. Walker Zenger is on the cutting edge of design featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. So check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online. WalkerZenger.com my name is Anna Claudia Schultz. My firm is Anna Claudia Design, and we're located in Rhinebeck, New York. You and I have spoken before, and I love that. We talked about the Hudson Valley. Tell me about this design house. So the Kingston Design Show House, as I know it, is a great way to connect the designers and the makers within the Hudson Valley community. Um, it's also helped establish friendships Uh, between the designers. And then on top of all of that, um, it's given great exposure for local designers uh, in the Hudson Valley. Well, see, I think this is interesting too, because, you know, we're not, we're not talking about a design house in New York, LA, Paris, San Francisco, Miami. We're talking about a smaller, a smaller community. And I think that that kind of changes the, the entire nature of what this is, I feel like it's it's a more intimate opportunity to share, to collaborate, and to produce something truly unique and interesting. And I wanted your take on, you know, what does it mean to to be working on a design house in a smaller 
it, it's, it's, it's not a smaller footprint. It still comes with all the same stresses that a design house does. I'm just curious how this experience is different. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that because it's a smaller and less established, but still really well established so far, uh, show house is that the cost to get into it is way less than doing like, for example, a show house in New York City. So it gives the opportunity for newer designers to really showcase their work. And then the other aspect of it is that it feels community driven because it's, you know, uh, a larger, more urban city, for example, will have lots of makers and, and so forth. But also a lot of these big show houses will use international or national manufacturers and you never really meet the face of the person who's making the products. Uh, in this show house, you'll actually meet the person who's, you know, making the products and, and building them and so forth. And then on top of that, it's, you know, uh, because we're all local for the most part, like it's really nice because that wall comes down and, and you just, you know, you just establish more of a relationship with the people that are there. And since I did the show house last year, one of the great things that happened is that I befriended a lot of interior designers and makers, but I also uh, have resources with the other interior designers uh, that we share with each other. So we'll email each other and be like, do you know of a person who could do this? And then we're in an email thread, emailing each other and giving each other advice and so forth, which is a new way of running a business. In the past, like most interior designers kept their resources closed you know, closed doors, nobody should can know where I got this, you know, because I'm the one that gives this sort of, you know, work or can bring this into my projects and stuff like that. And now we've established that like, you know, there's, there's enough work there. And we have a friendly competition, non-competition, and we're just friendly, and we just want to help each other out and be there for each other. Which is so great, and because that's what that's what this is supposed to be, and I love that. Uh, tell me about your space this year. So I'm doing since I did it last year. I had the dining room last year, and this year normally you don't do the show house, you know, two years in a row. Uh, but I I did want to do it this year, and I want, but I also didn't want to take the biggest room. So I'm doing the entry in the vestibule and the first floor hallway and the staircase going up. So, you know, to me, it's, uh, it's going to be, f it's, it's an interesting, more awkward transitional space. Uh, it's also going to be like that first breath of when somebody walks into the show house. So it's a good introductory of what, you know, they could see in the rest of the rooms and uh, also a good introductory into what I can do. So I thought it was a great space to, to do this year. What was your approach? How did you approach it? What was your thought? What's the idea behind it? So I am part of the strategy uh, for the this year's show house. So I had the opportunity of actually meeting the client. And when walking through her house, uh, she talked about she had just as much an affinity towards the property as the house itself. So she loved looking up at the trees and, and she loved the yard and so forth. And you could see um, Hudson River from her yard. 
So I wanted to approach it in a way that it was like a connection to the outdoors, which in general, the Hudson Valley, the reason why people move up here is to be connected to nature. Um, but I wanted to do it in a contemporary, authentic and soft approach to it. So that's what I did. I love that. And I can't wait to see it. Uh, who did you use? Who did you specify? Okay, so what, uh, two of our, three of our sponsors I'm using, I'm using from Mental Wallpaper. Um, they're from um, England, from United Kingdom. And they have this beautiful mountainscape wallpaper that I chose, but it's very subtle and, and just really gorgeous and hand printed. It's like fantastic. Um, and then Curry & Co. is the chandeliers on the interior and it's a gradient blue. So it goes from dark blue to light blue uh, to kind of give an ode to the water. Um, we have uh, property lighting is also doing one of the pendants on the outside. It's not necessarily in my scope, but how can I forget to put like a beautiful lighting as soon as you come in? And then um, we have some local makers and contractors. I have my friends at Signs and Wonders who are installing the wallpaper. They have a house in Shokan, and he's also done all of my wallpaper installations in the city. Um, I have uh, Down Under Faux is doing some plaster finish in the vestibule and parts of the hallway, and I'm really excited. Uh, she's going to bring some different textures on the walls, but also on the ceiling as soon as you come in. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a skyscape in the ceiling, which is nice. Again, touching base with nature. Um, then for furniture, oh, and for the rug, uh, for the runner, we're going to do, for the staircase runner, Liza Phillips. Uh, she's also from the Hudson Valley, and she does these mats on the on the stairs instead of like a built-in runner. So you can remove it, wash it and put it back. And they have a three-year-old child. So that would be perfect. And we customize at the end of the stairs, the shape of the mat. So it looks like a puddle of water instead of just having it like another square. And then um, for the furniture, we have Deborah Foles from Rhode Island. She's not local, but I adore her work. And she has, a tremendous sensibility to her furniture and she's going to do this beautiful console table with a mirror it's it's called a it's from her ribbons collection which is like fantastic and then i also met dean baban uh he's from albany and he's creating this really sweet uh entry table that it it like works so well in small footprints. I can't wait till people and consumers see it because I think everybody with a small footprint, as soon as you come in, will want that table uh, because it has like a surface to put your keys. It also has drawer and a little cabinet so you could put other things there. Um, and he's also going to show a couple of stools and light fixtures too in the second floor hallway. That is awesome. That is a lot going on in a small space. I cannot yeah. wait to see it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited too. My name is Ariana Winston. Uh, I am an interior designer located in South Salem, New York. What room are you doing this year at the show house? I'm doing a bedroom on the third floor. Very cool. So I'm just curious before we, we sort of get into it, uh, because it's a show house, you don't necessarily have real clients. Uh, I mean, there's always real clients, but I'm curious, <laughs> did you get to sort of create a story around the space or, or were you given a story? 
I was not given a story. Uh, I wasn't even at first given a program, um, just the room itself. So I got to kind of use my imagination and see how I would want to use the space. Um, I didn't have, you know, an idea of a, a particular client in mind. I was more designing the space for myself. I really was responding to all of the sort of nooks and crannies in the, in the room. There's like a beautiful window seat and I could really imagine myself wanting to spend a lot of time in that room. Um, so I kind of imagined designing for myself as maybe like a, a teenager or a slightly younger person. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And so this is the, this is the type of room that you would have loved as a, I like how you put it, a slightly younger person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's got a great view, beautiful windows. What was the idea behind your design? Did you have a, did you theme it? Did you, um, did you just want to custom tailor it to the individual or yourself in this case, or, or did you, did you have, did you kind of script it out? Do you have a, do you have a philosophy behind it? Uh, so I really saw the space as sort of a cozy retreat. Um, it is, like I mentioned, it's located on the third floor and it's sort of removed from the more public zone, which is really the first floor of the house. Um, so I, tried to create this sort of cozy cocoon like feeling. I really respond to lots of like warm, rich textures. So I wanted to create like a really layered space. Ariana, have you, have you done a design house before? I have not, this is my very first time. Interesting, because I was gonna ask you if you'd done one before, how this year, because everything's different about this year, but how this year was different in that regard, but because you have nothing, no frame of reference, <laughs> although you've done design, um, what, what, how was this experience for you? This has been an amazing experience. Um, I actually did a little bit of volunteer work for the show house last year, um, which just because of timing and kind of what was going on for me personally, I ended up doing a lot of that coordination work remotely. <laughs> and so this year, despite the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, this was actually the first time I even met uh, Marilyn, the coordinator of the show house um, in person. So it didn't, strangely, it didn't change all that much for me. Um, but I have to say, it's been a really amazing experience meeting all of the designers and and even some new vendors who I you know hadn't worked with before. It's been really fun. You know, that's part of it, isn't it? it it's nice. It's nice meeting new people and making new friends, and even better, uh, partnering with potential new collaborators. Right? Yes, absolutely. And it's it's really been kind of ironic for me because I actually grew up in Kingston. And so I, you know, I moved to the city, went to school there, I've been working there. And only recently my husband and I moved back into the Hudson Valley. And so collaborating with a lot of Hudson Valley makers has been, you know, such a highlight of this really kind of crazy and terrible in a lot of ways year. Um, 
but this has been like a really bright spot in the year. Yeah, it's great. So who did you use? Who did you specify? Who did you partner with on this space? Oh my gosh. So when people say it takes a village, it so does. That's not an exaggeration at all. But um, yeah, so many amazing makers. Um, Portola Paint helped um, in addition to Benjamin Moore with some of the, the paints in the room. Um, Holly Hunt and Angela Brown Limited uh, generously donated all of the fabrics for my room. Uh, a local vendor, Herzog's, is helping me do uh, this really special ceiling treatment because there are some really old uh, ceiling tiles up in the room now. So they're helping me do something really special. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about a Kingston-based fiber artist named Kat Howard. She's uh, collaborating with me to create this amazing installation that's going to serve as like the backdrop or like headboard for the bed in the room. So it's going to be really cool. That is very cool. Um, since you haven't done this before, but again, you've had, you've had clients and there's always a reveal, right? Do you mm -hmm. have any thoughts on this though? Because this is not one of those experiences where you get to just re-engage with the client to make sure it matches expectation or to, or to see the look on their face. Do you have any thoughts on what that's like as you're gauging an audience that was not necessarily involved in the design process? Hmm. Let me think about that. That's, that's tough. I don't know. I mean, I can say that I've been, I've been posting a little bit on my Instagram about the progress um, because yeah, I've sort of been doing it for myself, you know, and, and all of the other designers, you know, we're not necessarily working on our rooms even at the same time. So um, can feel a bit siloed, but um the response has been really fun for posting the progress pictures so far. You know, it's, it's sort of the best we can do, I guess, in this situation. Um, uh, I, I can just, I'm really looking forward to the virtual tour and, and hearing people's feedback. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. I, I can't wait to see your space. Thanks for having me. Hi, my name is Ricardo Castro. And I'm the owner of Stone Ridge Landscapes, and my firm is located in High Falls, New York. Obviously, landscape. We're talking about the, the great outdoors. Tell me, tell me about the space. Tell me about the idea behind it. Well, I design, uh, in, how do I put this? So I'm an artist by heart, right? So everything that I put together, instead of using paintbrushes and uh, cloth or different materials, I use uh, nature to create uh, spaces that make me feel happy, but most importantly, makes my client feel happy. I'm, I'm curious, because this, because this was pushed back a little bit, and because we're talking about the outdoors, did you have to change your design at all? No, I didn't. Um, right now, because we happen to have a very lucky uh, week, and the time that we did it was uh, phenomenal for us. So we don't have to change uh, a lot of things. Also, we're working with uh, Herzog's which made um, our materials uh, very easy to, uh, to get a hold of. So we didn't have to change uh, any timing at all. 
Oh, that's great. That's really great. So um, tell me about the space. Tell me what you're doing with it. Um, it, it. Sort of tell me about the flow. Tell me about the zones. What are you doing? How much did you have to work with? How much space? And how are you using it? Um, so landscaping is very interesting because we have a lot of space uh, outside. For us, we focus mainly on a dining room uh, area in, um, in a certain space of the land. So the moment that you walk in, we, uh, you walk in through a, uh, a nice long uh, pathway and then to the left is your home. To the right of that, we have the, um, the patio area that we, that we designed. We use uh, some wonderful contemporary uh, pavers that were provided by Herzogs. We added some nice tall grasses, uh, a garden space as well. And then we connected the dining room, the outside dining room area with natural stones that were already on site. And we created a pathway from the dining room area, outside dining room area into the home. Did you, do you have any other zones for entertaining? Do you have an outdoor kitchen? I'm just curious if, what, what else did you envision that this space would be used for? Well, this space, uh, the Design Showcase House, there's a lot of space in there. So we just focus only on the, um, uh, creating a patio space for dining, right? So for, for me, there's so many possibilities with this, uh, with this home. Uh, there's so many possibilities with the, with the land. Uh, I would love to uh, dive in more into it, uh, hopefully later on. And we could create a, you know, it's overlooking uh, the Hudson. So mm -hmm. we can always create a fire pit section. You know, it would just, it makes so much more sense once you, you feel it, right? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of potential in this area. I love it. Okay, so everyone else that you're working with, uh, that you're that you're showing that you're that you're specifying that partnered with you um, on this space. Well, I'm mainly partnered with Hersox, which is okay. uh, my uh, supplier, and Julie from Hersox. She's been uh, wonderful, and I worked with her uh, for a couple of years now with different projects. And this project in particular, uh, she was able to also uh, guide me to what she felt uh, was better suited uh, for um, for the San Showcase House. That is that is great, and I'm just curious too. Um, as you as you work this space, you sort are you are you sort of imagining that there will be additional zones worked in beyond the showcase experience? Of course. So uh, what I did is just one small portion of what could be done. So what um, it's almost like doing your inside of your home, right? You can't do a kitchen without having a living room, a bathroom. Uh, dining room area and bedrooms, obviously. So it's the same thing outside. We just did a one small portion and it has enough space to create um, more areas where you can host more people, right? Yeah. It's going to be very intimate in a way. Yeah, no, I love that. That's great. Um, Ricardo, thank you so much. I'm really excited to see this. I, the, I think the outdoor opportunities with regard to design houses have always been important, but never more so than they are right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm excited for you to take a look at it as well. Yeah, thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Hi, my name is Krishna Fitzpatrick from Krishna Fitzpatrick Interiors, and we are located in Brooklyn, New York, and the Hudson Valley. We're talking today with all the designers of this 
design house and i'm i'm really excited you know it's so interesting i've been covering design houses for years and often often always prior to march of this year i've been able to go out to the design house walk it look in cabinets and cupboards and under furniture and do the sit test and really check things out and this is the first this is the first year that i'm kind of flying completely blind and I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like this is how a designer must feel when they enter to work on a design house for the first time. <laughs> yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> right? Um, this is my first design house, so I'm glad to hear you say that. I thought it was only me. Um, <laughs> but it does feel that way, and I'm sure, you know, it's, it's all a little more exacerbated by the, all the question marks. I mean, when it comes to shipping and and just having things arrive when you need them, everything is, is a little bit up in the air. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to take things as they come. And so far, you know, we haven't run into any major obstacles. And this is just a very exciting and fun opportunity. Yeah, that's great. That's what it should be. Tell me, tell me about your space. I have been allocated the sunroom. I was very flattered to receive the space. It's gorgeous. It's the, at the front of the first floor of the house overlooking the Hudson River. So I get some of the most incredible light. Um, the room is also outfitted with a wood stove in the corner, which we're hoping to have working um, by the time the show house opens, but that remains to be seen. Another one of those up in the air question marks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, of course, the dates of the show house were pushed back about a month and a half um, from the typical opening. So I'm working with the weather or <laughs> the season change um, as well in terms of how it integrates with the mood of my room. Of course, the sunroom initially, uh, the concept was to go very airy and neutral. And in a lot of ways, um, that's still the case. But I'm, I'm now trying to work in some more contrast to bring warmth into the space since it will be chillier when um, the show house actually opens. Um, but yeah, the room itself in terms of furnishings is going to be very material driven. I'm working with a very neutral palette um, and very excited about all of the artisans I've, I'm, I've had the opportunity to partner with on this. There's some amazing talent up here in the Hudson Valley. That's what I've heard. You know, what's really interesting, though, is I didn't even it didn't really dawn on me. I think, you know, being in Southern California is just, you know, I take it for granted. It's like, oh, it's a sunroom. Well, you're going to have sun all year long, uh, all year long. But you know what? That's, right. that's not really the case now, is it? No. And I don't want my my neutral palette to in any way evoke, you know, a sense of chill in that room when all the leaves are off the trees. And, you know, there are a lot of gorgeous windows letting the light in but you know it can bring some chill to the room so yeah I do want to make sure we have some of those cozy elements uh worked in there um and a lot of that can be done with the textiles um so yeah we shall see <laughs> yeah so what did you do differently to offset that vibe well I'm working right now on um bringing in a lot of drapery 
However, I'm not going to be using it so much to cover the windows because, again, I just want to leverage the gorgeous view. So there will be a lot of, um, and some of the interior walls have seen a lot of um, years of just plaster. And so the I think what was originally brick is almost unrecognizable um, <laughs> under the layers of plaster. So I'll be hanging floor to ceiling drapery um, around much of the walls, which I think will add a very nice element of, of warmth. Um, and then in terms of the accessories, there's gonna be, um, you know, faux fur, soft textiles, the colors are gonna be burnt oranges, burgundies, just, just warmer elements um, in those areas. A lot of the furniture, because so many artisans in the Hudson Valley work with wood, I'm getting a lot of natural wood elements. Um, so again, with that neutral tone, but different materials. So most of the color in the room will come from either foliage that we're bringing in or um, those accessories like pillows, throws, um, and the artwork. I love that. So, and this is probably a good segue into this question, speaking of this. So who did you work with? Who did you specify? Who are your partners? Who did you memo product from? And as you were going through this, I'm curious what the conversations were like as you realized we're pushing back in time, we're entering from late summer into early fall, possibly mid-fall. Um, how did you pivot and how did they pivot with you? Well, um, luckily, most of, the, um, most of the accessories I've just reached out to um, those vendors like Inti Earth, um, Gosh, who's the other? I'm working with M and A. Plus, they're out of New York City. Um, they're still. They've agreed to lend, and they're still in a holding pattern with me, waiting for me to give them the final um, request. So, luckily, I haven't had to lock in with anything um, with them yet. As far as the furniture goes, none of that has changed from the original vision. I think with the textiles that we bring in. Um, those original pieces like the coffee table, the credenza, um, some of the side tables, uh, I think they can, you know, adapt to that change in the, the feel of the room. So some of those designers, um, I'm getting a credenza from Mike White, who owns um, Ordinal Indicator up in Germantown. It's a gorgeous uh, wood credenza with these travertine feet, um, really beautiful millwork. Um, I'm also working with a company out of Connecticut called Sinka Design, and that's headed by uh, Maria, I believe her last name's Kamara. Um, and she just has, I mean, I would take everything in their collection if I could. <laughs> it's beautiful. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm getting a side table, coffee table, and a mirror from her. Um, and in that way, it's nice. It sort of has a natural cohesion when it's all in the room together because it came from the same hands. Um, and then I'm also working with a woman out of Hudson, Taylor Forrest, and she designs the most gorgeous lounge chairs. They're a leather slingback set of chairs that I'm getting from her. Um, and a few others who I'm still finalizing pieces with, so I won't share their names until it's, it's actually in order. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, 
last question I have for you is sort of what is the, what is, what do you hope to get from, I love talking to people who are new with design houses because you're still fresh and optimistic with the ideas. (laughs) No, and I don't mean to imply. As opposed to. (laughs) Oh, I've done this a million times um, and you're not as excited about it. You're still really excited about this first time doing a design house. So I'm curious, what is the expected uh, goal from this? What are you going to do with this experience? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I've, from the start, thought of this as a really valuable exercise for me. I'm, I'm really having to push the way I think about the room um, and the way I gather the furniture and accessories to, to put in there. I'm, I'm really trying to keep my own budget uh, fairly minimal and, and see that as a challenge. Um, but I think from this experience, I hope to get what I think a lot of designers hope to get, which is exposure and the opportunity to really showcase your own style versus having to, you know, um, edit and revise to meet your client's design sensibility in the middle. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, it really does. And I get it. And I appreciate that. Um, thank you for the time. I cannot wait to see your space. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Jessica Lynn Williams. I own Henley and Co. and we're a residential interior design firm in Newburgh, New York. We are working on the dining room for this year's show house, um, which traditionally is the living room, but we're transforming it into a dining room. Interesting. Tell tell me about the transformation. Tell me about so. I don't know. I I I've always been a fan of transforming traditional spaces into non-traditional spaces but in this case you know what what is the what is the what is the space plan for it currently and what are you turning it into so i it's interesting because i think actually the homeowners plan to turn it back into uh a family living room when we're done, but who knows, maybe we can have the influence and and kind of um, keep it in there, but it feels like such a central, um, such a central uh, space that it needs to kind of be that focal area. Um, It has very tall ceilings. You can see to the outside from the sunroom that's kind of um, in between that and the porch. but the real reason we've decided to do a dining room is because we've participated in many show houses before and have always wanted to kind of let our creative um, outlets lead us to doing a dining room because they're so, so fun and you can be very expressive. So um, we were assigned the space and we knew that we wanted to turn that into a dining room. You, it's interesting because you can be so expressive, but at the same time with a dining room, do you feel at all limited by what you can do with it? No, not really. Um, I guess not now, right? No, no. Nowadays, um, nowadays it's everything. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've always been every show house. I've been going to show houses for years and all of the spaces that I'm always attracted to are the more artistic um, sort of concept forward spaces. Um, whereas ones that we've done, we've mostly done bedrooms and those lend themselves to be a little bit more functional and traditional. Um, and so we wanted to shake it up with this and bring color because we all need color and, you know, something exciting to look at right now. 
I love it. So who did you design this space for? Did you create a fictional character? Do you have the owners in mind? Do you have yourself in mind? Who did you create this for? Um, it's usually a fictional character when we're doing this. It's kind of, you know, hard to um, have a narrative without thinking someone in mind, but this would be um, the homeowners in, in this narrative would be art collectors. They would be people who entertain and love to have parties in their home um, and who would really just sit in this space and have conversation over a big dining table for hours and hours. Um, we did learn in the process though, because we're doing a wall treatment with Mark Turner um, where we're doing a um, Rothko-esque mural on the walls and come to find out that the actual homeowners are very big fans and um, and one of the homeowners studied art history and Rothko is a contemporary favorite. So it sort of worked out that way. I love that. So is there any relational, spatial relationship with the kitchen? Is there any um, collaboration with the kitchen in, in part? Usually, you know, usually, but, you know, dining room, kitchen, you, you, there is, there is sort of connective tissue there. So I'm just curious um, if, if they're connect, not connected, but if there's any, any relationship there at all. Um, we're completely different um, design directions. Um, from my understanding, the kitchen will be, you know, pretty light and bright and, um, and beautiful and um, sort of clean in its color palette. Whereas for us, we're kind of going um, with a multitude of colors um, and uh, looking at okras and purples and pinks and kind of a, like a cornucopia just exploded all over the table. Um, so uh, I think they will have very different looks, but I think that's okay. But in terms of spatial relationship, um, it will be nice because you can kind of see the kitchen is very close to this space that we're designing. That's great. So who did you use? Who did you specify? Who did you partner with? Um, so the wall treatment is certainly going to be um, the biggest wow moment in our space. And we've partnered with Mark Turner of Turner and Turner Painting, um, as well as his um, partner, um, Simone Isold, who's a friend and also a, um, a former show house participant. Um, and so she will kind of have her hand in helping us with the coloring. And then um, the dining table um, is designed and made by Sean McClellan from NAFCO. And he's based here in Newburgh. And then um, the chandelier comes way by way of uh, Curring Company, who's one of our show house media sponsors. That's great. And, you know, it's, I don't know, as you, as you're talking, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. Your, your goal is it's currently a living room. It's being converted to a dining room. Mm -hmm. The owners might want to convert it back. How do you make sure that they don't, how do you make sure that this is just such a wow space that there's no way you give them no choice to convert it back? That's a great question. Um, I think one way of convincing them, well, there's not currently electrical in the ceiling that works. So if we are able to do that, we have a beautiful chandelier um, 
So if we're able to keep that in place, I think that might help to sway them. Um, but certainly the, the wall treatment could flex and work no matter what the function of the space is. But I think just reminding them that this is a house made to invite people over, of course, in these times, it's a, a, a bit of a different story, but you know, let's kind of uh, design it for the way that you hope it to be in the future. So I think the lighting weirdly will be the anchor. Well, and it's, you know what, it's really interesting that you bring that up too, because so in the kitchen, there's a niche and that will probably serve as a small eating area. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, whether, and you have, you have to think about it in the past, the idea of a dining room was, was flexible. You could totally remove a dining room, formal dining and not really have it. But nowadays where the dining room serves as dining table, school table, work table, desk, mm -hmm. craft table. There's just so much that you're using it for. It has almost become more important again. Right. Yeah, it has. It's multifunctional. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll definitely share. Hopefully we can, um, we can convince them to keep it as a dining room. We'll see. I love it. And I'm really excited about this. I cannot wait to see your space. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My name is KD Reed from KD Reed Interiors, and I am Jersey based. First of all, tell me about the design house. Tell me about your space. And have you ever done a design house before? Uh, so, yes. So I had the privilege of uh, so a little bit of background about me. Uh, so I've, I've worked for a, a few uh, designers in the industry, uh, Descartes Design, uh, as well as being a lead designer for Mikel Welsh Designs. So uh, under his brand, he's participated in, you know, three previous show houses. And I've had the experience of assisting him with executing those designs. So when this opportunity presented itself for me to kind of showcase my talents, you know, I jumped on it. Uh, right now I am working on the top floor. So I have uh, two spaces. I have the uh, tower room, which is an octagon shaped room and it oversees uh, beautiful, beautiful lake views. Uh, and then it's like a little outdoor terrace that connects along with it. My goal for the space is really to, to uh, interpret it as a modern tree house, somewhere for the family to kind of lounge, uh, relax, uh, not take, you know, the space a little bit too serious, uh, but a place for them to really like enjoy the views, you know, read books, just a little fun place where they, they can congregate and just enjoy themselves. As you, as you created the, the space, right? Did you, how did you, okay, let me back up a second. In talking to designers, as it relates specifically to design houses, you know, some approach it like the set decorators would and they create a character and then they design for that character. Others will imagine themselves living in the space. Some others will just sort of pick who they think, um, you know, maybe there is an owner and they try to imagine what the owner would want. How did, how did you approach this and to what level did you, uh, and to what detail rather, did you add to the story? Uh, quite interesting question. So uh, the first, uh, my first time entering a space, 
uh, I would just was really perplexed, uh, really just uh, taken into like different details about the scenery around me. Uh, and one of the things that really captivated me when they when they pretty much told me what space I was going to, to do, uh, that's, that was my, my route. I went ahead and my original idea was to kind of do like a, a dressing room. But I was like, this is a show house. Let me kick it up a notch. Let me make it a little bit more fun and exciting. Uh, and that's how I started developing, like, who actually is the who lives here? Who is the family that I'm designing for? And this is definitely like uh, a different setting from in a city. So you want to take into uh, enjoying like all the scenery around you. And that's what I really wanted to this space to have that connection with for the person that's living in here. And it's, it feels like a family house. So I want to say the family that's living here is who I was actually designing for, for a space for them to really connect with the indoor outdoor space around them. So you've coordinated with Mikkel before. So you've you've had this experience. Was there any, I know there were differences, but what was the difference in your mind between this year and years past? Uh, I would say uh, one thing that is kind of different is one uh, is one because I'm doing it for myself. <laughs> I mean, doing it for someone else's brand uh, is is different from when you're actually trying to achieve something for yourself because then the expectations go a little bit higher. Uh, so one of the things is, uh, another thing is with the whole COVID thing, um, uh, far as trying to access resources and, uh, communicate far as with, uh, vendors and stuff, it's been a, you know, a hit and a miss, but, you know, you're seeing, uh, vendors that are looking to work with you, uh, despite, you know, what's going on in the world today. We just got to push forward and create this vision. Yeah, no, it's true. And speaking of that vision, who did you use? Who did you specify? And what partners did you use in putting your space together? Uh, so one of my main sponsors is um, Curry & Co. Uh, I have uh, as a, as a boutique store called From the Source NYC, they're located in Chelsea, Manhattan. It's a great little boutique store where they do a lot of handcrafted wood products. So a lot of my um, pieces were sourced from there. Also, uh, Organic Modernism located down in um, NYC. So a lot of um, places in the in Chelsea, they have a, a street called Furniture Row. So I frequently shop at those stores for my clients um, as well as projects. So they was very receptive about me showcasing their pieces and working along with them. Uh, so this was kind of like a blessing in disguise, being able to have access to things that really speak to my space. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? That it's been it's been a blessing in disguise, but I've been having so much wonderful opportunities, just like things that's just coming toward me, and it's just helping create and tell a story even more. I love that, and you know it's it's interesting that you bring up Mikkel because he's been on the show before. Love him. Um, I'm curious, what was in the experience like? I, I'm I'm always a huge fan of the whole mentorship process. And I love that our business is like this. And it's so welcoming that designers will bring in other designers with a full understanding that at some point, you're going to teach them everything you know, you're going to bring them into design houses, you're going to introduce them to your 
to your contacts and your vendors, and then they're going to go off and hang their own shingle and and start their own business. Um, but there's there's still this unthreatening, welcoming feeling about it. And and I'm curious, you know, what was your experience like with Mikhail working for him? What did you learn from him? And what do you what do you take from that experience as you approach a project like this? Uh, so working with Mikhail, he allowed me to really take on some of the major projects that I thought I was scared to approach myself with, um, whether it came to like larger budgets, bigger houses. He threw me right in there and said, you know what you're doing? Just go ahead and go for it. You know, this is going to be a learning experience. Um, so he kind of, he gave you the right tools and resources where there's no room for any error. Even though there were a couple of mistakes, he's very forgiving far as leading me and teaching me how to correctly fix those errors, how to make sure that the final vision, just really, just really helping to craft that story of the space. Really I just giving me those key guidelines into uh, helping me like, a lot of things behind the scenes. It's one thing far as like really executing a space, but beyond that, beyond interior design, there's a lot of things that go far as like actually running your business, you know, networking. So a lot of the design things uh, I did gain from him, but he welcomed and blessed me with a lot of other tools to help me run and maintain a successful business, which I think a lot of designers know how to design. But I think when it comes to the part of you running a business and making sure your business is sustainable and long lasting, I think those were the key things that I kind of took away that really helped guide me and give me the confidence to really start taking on these solo projects of my own. I love that. I love that because you know what? That's exactly what it's supposed to be. And I love that that's what you got out of it. Uh, Katie, this was great. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to see your space. Thank you so much, Josh. It was a pleasure. We must connect again. I look forward to meeting you in the future. Hi, my name is Patrick Ryan. My firm is called Patrick Ryan's Office, and I'm located in Manhattan. The room that I'm working on in the show house uh, is called the library. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a, a room in the center of the house with one wall of floor to ceiling bookshelves. Okay. So with a library, you yeah. can go in so many different directions, right? right. Which yeah. one did you, which one did you go in? Um, I went in to sort of a very um, comfy, cozy, loungy area. It's going to, I'm going to fill it with books. Um, that that was sort of the greatest challenge in working on this room is coming up with the amount of books it's going to require to fill that room. But um, but I, I I'm working with um, this amazing woman Jessica at uh, Half Moon Used Books in Kingston, um, and she's loaning me I I think it's like 750 used. <laughs> So, um, so she was sort of a lifesaver. That's great. That's so mm -hmm. great. Um, I, I will tell you a story. Uh, I, I once were, was covering a design house and I won't say where, and I won't say who the designer was. Um, they had a library and yeah. they made a choice and their choice was instead of bringing in books, they chose to just get um, those like six inch by three inch by one inch wide white 
notebooks. They're really fat notebooks. Uh, and, yeah. And they bought, she bought about 500 of them right. and, line, and lined all of the bookshelves with these books that didn't have any titles. And it, it was so, it was a choice. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting choice. Right. Anyway, I love that you're doing that, that you're actually bringing in a, a collection of, of books um, to yeah. sort of make that what it's supposed to be. That's awesome. Yeah, she has um, an amazing collection. Um, and she has, you know, vintage um, volumes of uh, collections of books. And um, so there and there's some there's some really interesting covers that um, I'm going to try and bring in. And she's got some um, some kind of amazing sci fi books from like the 60s and um, with these amazing covers. Um, so I'm going to make some of those in with like the more traditional vintage books. I, I love that. Okay, so you're going you're going for the the traditional version of a of a library. What what else are you doing in the space itself? And where's the what's what's the idea? What's the story behind it? Well, <clears throat> I really wanted to work with as many um, local Hudson Valley Kingston. Uh, craftspeople and makers as possible. Um, a good friend of mine started um, an event called Field and Supply, uh, Bradford, which is a, a huge craft fair that happens at the Hutton Brickyards in Kingston every year. Um, and so th through going and supporting him, <clears throat> I've become really familiar with a lot of the makers up in that area. So when I found out I was chosen to be in the show house, I immediately kind of had this wish list of people I wanted to go to, to borrow things from. Um, and I've been really fortunate so far. It's all kind of working out and I'm, I, um, I'm getting the pieces that I kind of had on my wish list. So it all comes together to create a very sort of, um, modern take on a traditional library um, and just like a really sort of comfy, cozy place in the center of the house. And, I it's, love a, that. and it's, it's one of the more private rooms in the house. It's not open to any of the other rooms. So it's really like a, you know, a place to get away and be secluded um, separate from the rest of the house. That's great. Who else are you working with? So you've got your books covered off on. Who else are yeah. you working with, specifying with, partnering with? Who else is going to be represented? Well, one of my <clears throat> one of my favorite um, furniture makers working right now um, is based in Kingston, and his name is Ken Landauer, and he actually made um, a custom dining table for me for my own personal use, um, <clears throat> and he does these amazing pieces made out of uh, sheets of plywood, but then he can put um, really colorful veneers on them. But the great thing about Ken is that he, um, he makes every piece of furniture out of a single sheet with zero waste. Um, and his designs are these really kind of amazing, um, modern, even a little mid-century feeling. There's like a little bit of like Marcel Breuer, Arvo Alto in his designs. Um, I have one of his dining tables with 
a set of Prouvé standard chairs and, <clears throat> you know, it almost looks like the table could be Prouvé. That's fun. So I'm excited about the PCs loaning me. Um, that is very cool. That is great. Well, listen, I um, I can't wait to see your space. I'm really excited about this. Good luck with your with your library, and I hope you get a little bit of time to to hang out in it as well. Yeah, I plan on spending some time there. Hi, my name is Jen Dragon, and I'm with Cross Contemporary Partners. We are based both in Kinderhook and Saugerties, New York. What we are is a digital company. Currently, uh, we do curate in uh. Uh, by invitation, we do pop-ups, uh, but and we have had a brick and mortar. But what we specialize now in is in 3D virtual galleries. So we have like, it's almost like if you can imagine a video game, except it's art. And you walk through this gallery and you have a sense of the proportions of the relationships of the paintings. It's very state of the art. Um, so that's why I was invited to be part of the Kingston Design uh, Connection. This is our second year. And uh, we love it because it involves improvisation and it involves uh, being able to showcase things in real world, which you do need to experience, not just the digital world when it comes to art. So, yeah, so, so tell me about your relationship with the design house and what you're doing this year. Well, what I like, and uh, I'm so grateful Marilyn does with me, is I like those difficult spaces, the ones that um, you can't really put furniture in and it's very hard to create an ambiance. So I take these awkward places and I make them into an art gallery. So in this year, uh, I am in the third floor in what I call a vestibule gallery. And it's this space that's a hallway to other rooms. But what we've got is track lighting. We've turned a closet into a little alcove where we're featuring sculpture. And the whole thing has become like this little mini museum. Um, and I'm very excited about it because it acts as a nice way to experience art on its own, like kind of without all the ambient furniture and all the wonderful things that the designers do, but you can actually just have a moment with art that's sort of like, almost like a palate cleanser. <laughs> I love that. Now, and just, just so I understand, is this, this is all virtual? No, this is going to be there. This is going to okay. be in the physical world. However, we do support everything we do with a digital experience. It will be different in that the gallery we use for the artwork that we're going to show is going to be, you know, regular size. However, this show at the, at the Kingston Design Connection will be, you know, actual installations. Um, and I'm showing four artists from the Hudson Valley, three sculptors uh, and two painters. Wait, no, it's five. And, um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a really, it, it's special because the artists are, their subject matter, their artwork, everything that they are inspired by comes from the area. So. Oh, I love that. Tell me, tell me about the artists. Okay. What we've got is, um, a sculptor named Deborah Masters. She's shown like in museums throughout the country and she has done things like huge heroic sized sculpture. Uh, you, if you were uh, coming to JFK and uh, the, the fourth uh, gate is where the immigration center is. She has literally, I think it's, it's just an enormous installation on the walls of different scenes of New York, these bas reliefs. Her work is also on Coney Island Bridge, if you're going to Coney Island. Uh, and it, she depicts a lot of things, these folkloric kind of themes. So, and, and if you 
have see her sculptures out on the lawn. I mean, they're like enormous fragments of hands and feet and things like that. She's just amazing. Well, we've got some of her smaller spirit animals. So these are just these animals and people that she uh, feels like embody a, a spirit quality. So they're almost like this. So they're going in the alcove. That's like the little religious section. And then we have Martin Weinstein. And he paints uh, flowers and the landscape of the Hudson Valley. Uh, they're done on layers of plexiglass. So each one contains a different aspect of, of the experience. So they get very 3D looking. I also have Millicent Young. Her sculpture is, uh, she uses horsehair to capture light. So it's this beautiful horsehair installation. And we also have uh, Wendy Klemperer. She does pass, cast bronze horses. Uh, these are studies for actual sculptures that are like 20 feet high that she does in nature. Um, and the last one, Dion Yanatos, he is a, a painter who does works with really translucent glazes of, of water and, and of soaring trees and of the landscape around us. And oh, I should mention outside, I've got three sculptors who've done installations outside the property. We have a, Eileen Power, who has these very funny ladders that she's turned upside down and they sort of dance across the yard. Kurt Steyer, Steger, sorry. Kurt Steger has these two beautiful installations that are uh, that spin in the, in, in the uh, wind very gently and they're abstract and uh, sort of reminiscent of boats and of, of boat construction. And then we also have uh, Stuart Farmery and he is sort of whimsical. Uh, they're great. They're like, they look like almost like the children's blocks or children's toys, but they're, they, they're just uh, hold the landscape and they, they're colorful. So even when it's winter, which actually when the show opens, the leaves are down and it's going into November and December, you've got these bright spots of color that just kind of are, are percussive across the landscape. So. I love it. Um, this sounds like it's going to be so much fun and I cannot wait to see it. Thank you yeah. for uh, thank you for telling me about it. Thank you for doing it, and I'm excited to see it. Well, I look forward to meeting you, and please, uh, you know, come. It's going to be a real treat. Okay. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Uh, so my name is Jennifer Salvamini. My firm is my name, Jennifer Salvamini, and uh, I'm located in Shokan, New York. Have you worked on Kingston before? I have. So this is my second year participating with the show house as a participant designer and also as a part of the um, strategy and development team. I love that. Okay. So from a, let's start with the design first. What room are you designing? Sure. So this year I have um, a small room at the end of the hallway on the second floor. Uh, actually the hallway is incorporated in my space as well. And the concept for my space this year is a private listening room. Interesting. Describe that for me. Sure. Um, so when you walk into the space, it's a, like I said, pretty small one beautiful window in the dead center of the room. And I just got the impression when I walked in that the space was uh, inviting a private experience. It's not really large enough to be shared in any kind of meaningful way. So when I was thinking of all of the possible things that one does alone, um, it kind of brought me to where I was at in the sort of early deep days of COVID <laughs> uh, when I was home alone and kind of 
getting into some deep listening again, like digging into albums that I haven't listened to in a long time and just having this really immersive auditory experience because there wasn't much else to do. Um, and it was so lovely to um, just re-experience music in that kind of way, as opposed to these sort of single serve moments on the fly. Um, so yeah, it occurred to me that that might be a nice space to create. Um, and uh, like I said, the room is quite small. So uh, coming up with a sound system that's really immersive seemed like it could be a cool use of the room. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you've you've certainly piqued my interest. Um, <laughs> I love this. So what did you do? Who did you use and how did you put it together? Sure. Um, so there's a bunch of very interesting elements coming together in the room. Um, what I wanted to do was create a space where it's just you and your auditory experience. And so the most important thing in the room, of course, is the chair that you're sitting in. So there is the absolute perfect um, Italian, uh, it's probably early mid-century uh, lounge chair that I am getting from Folly and Cox, who is actually a design firm that partnered with us in the show house last year. Um, and it's amazing. I had this aspirational chair and when I started perusing their inventory and found this one, I was like, ooh, this is actually better than the one that I wanted. Um, so I was very excited to find that, just like gorgeous, clean kind of boxy lines, but the perfect chair to just sort of sit in. Um, and next to the chair, you're going to find a very sweet uh, glass stool from Curry and Company, uh, where your cocktail glass will land, of course, because there will have to be a cocktail <laughs> when you're in your perfect lounge chair listening to your perfect album. Right. Um, there is um, amazing wallpaper going up that sort of mirrors the visual representation of sound waves. Um, I have an area rug from a fantastic company called Leora Manet. Um, Leora is actually a textile artist who I worked with in my very young days in the design world. I think I was 18. Um, so it was very cool to reach back out to her and have them participate. Um, and again, the sort of pattern on the rug mirrors the soundscape or sound waves. So there's a lot of texture and movement happening. Um, but everything is also uh, very tonal. So I thought that was kind of a funny play on words to make a tonal room in a sound, <laughs> in a sound listening room. Um, but the textures are very rich um, and sort of implore, again, this uh, visual representation of an auditory experience. Gosh, I love that. Okay, so I have a ton of questions for you. <laughs> sure, shoot. Um, the what you're listening on. So how did you envision this? I, because as you, as you're speaking, you know, I, I'm a, I'm an audio guy. I'm a tech guy. Right. So I'm, I'm envisioning there's a, there's a turntable I'm envisioning reel to reel I'm envisioning, but that's probably not the case. Uh, so <laughs> from a, from an actual um, media standpoint, how did you approach that? Well, of all of the rooms in the house and probably the most, 
technically involved space, I wound up with a room that has no outlets. (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay. That presented some interesting challenges um, in the way that I workshopped the way that the audio system was actually going to work. So at this point, what I'm doing is in order to keep everything integrated and very aesthetically driven. Um, I found these incredible late 40s um, speaker boxes, which will be refinished to match the palette of the room and will then have a Bluetooth speaker system integrated into them. Interesting. And so you're envisioning this as the media source can be whatever you want it to be. So the source could be your phone, it could be a computer, it could be whatever, whatever you. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was critical to the design, but also because of the way that the room just functionally works, it all had to be wireless. So um, the speaker boxes are modular. They're super cool. Um, And where they end up in the space is still yet to be determined, but they're angled in such a way that they could be wall mounted or they could be resting on the floor. And, um, they're just they're just so cool looking and you know with the technology today they just are sort of the perfect house for you know the most modern speaker system uh and you would never know it looking at them that is so cool uh okay so now the big question is when you design this did you design it for somebody else did you did you design it for the homeowners? Did you attach a story to it? Who do you envision is using this space? Well, kind of selfishly, I envisioned myself using this space. <laughs> um, but, you know, the reality is there is very few opportunities um, as a designer to really create spaces that speak to your specific aesthetic uh, sensibilities. Um, you're often working for your, your clients and creating the spaces that will then become their homes. And so what is so wonderful about working in a show house is that you really get to sort of dive into your personal aesthetic and your personal um, vision and really see that through in a way that's unencumbered by somebody else's opinions. Um, so honestly, you know, <laughs> the, the person sitting in that chair with the cocktail is me. <laughs> um, so I, I started with, um, coming up with, uh, um, a playlist actually. So I went on Spotify and I put together three hours worth of music that I thought for me would just be the most lovely soundscape experience that sort of hits on, Um, from classical to jazz to electronic. Um, And I think the thread with the the playlist itself is that they all have a sort of heavy, bassy grit to it, but then also these like shimmering top notes. And I think you'll see a bunch of that in the design as well, where there's a ton of earthy sort of rustic textures, but um, there's neon lights in the room. There is mermaid glass showing up in the stool. So you're getting this balance of um, sparkles and earth, I guess. <laughs> um, and my, you know, I think if I had to describe my own design aesthetic, it would be 
vintage eclectic. And so there are a bunch of just really fabulous vintage pieces showing up. So Jennifer, I am totally picking up what you're putting down. Um, (laughs) And I'm curious, um, have you, as you're talking, I'm sitting here listening and I'm going to date myself a little bit, but do you remember um, Maxell tapes, cassette tapes? Yeah, of course. Do you remember the Maxell ad, their their creative in in their magazine ads? I don't actually. Okay, so as I describe it, I'm I'm sure you've seen it. Um, so Maxell made cassette tapes in the '70s and '80s, and for those who don't know what cassette tapes are. magnetic strips um plastic covering and actually that's what we put our music on so for those who don't remember anyway maxell was one of those companies and their their ad um which was always prevalent i grew up on magazines um so whether it was rolling stone spin I mean, you name it, if it was music-based, their ads were there. Their ads were basically so amazing. It's a guy and he's sitting in this deep, high arm, high back chair. And he's got a martini sitting off to the side on a, on a small table. And in front of him is a speaker. And the speaker is clearly blowing him away. He's holding onto this chair for dear life. The lampshade is tilted back. The drink is blowing off the table. And their theme, their, their motto was get blown away. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny as you're describing it, of course, I am familiar with the ad. It's just crazy that I never knew the company it was advertising for. That's so funny. But yeah, I know, I know the image very well. And I had definitely conjured it a few times when I was thinking about this room. Well, and it's funny because as you're describing your space, that's what's going through my mind. And I can, I can see it as vividly as, as I could when, you know, when I was a 16 year old, 13 year old listening, listening to music in a, in a space that was, and I love, I love that the way you're, it's almost, it's almost romantic in the fact that it doesn't, this room doesn't have any outlets. (laughs) It is right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I mean, I think a lot of the elements of the room were really just sort of asking for this specific experience and the window even where it just frames these amazing ancient treetops. And so the view that you get when sitting in this chair is also completely transportive. And I'm just, I'm totally excited. I can't wait for it to be done so I can, (laughs) I can have that martini in there. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Totally. Well, listen, um, Jennifer, thanks. And and by the way, you know, this is another example of how wonderful sh- design houses and showcase homes can be. Because when when you can have a space that's completely reimagined, where you've got like this, you've got this throwback to another time, but also one that's so relevant to where we are today. And I mean, as I as I envision this, I'm, I got to be honest with you, I'm a little jealous. Um, <laughs> I would love to have a space, a completely dedicated space where there is no electrical outlet, where there's nothing but an auditory space to, in, to enjoy one's music, where there's going to be no other distractions, no TV screen, no, you know, nothing else to distract. It's not a home theater. It's a listening room. And I totally get it. And I love it. And I can't wait to see it. Well, thank you so much. And I would 
say that if there is a big enough closet in your house, <laughs> you might be able to create that space for yourself. Cause I don't think it takes a whole lot of room. It just takes the, um, the, the imperative to close the rest of the world out just so that you can kind of dive in with yourself. So I'm going to challenge you there. Um, and I'm going to, for what it sounds like you're describing and how I'm envisioning it in my mind, it's not just a room. It's not just four walls and a door. It sounds to me like, like it's really something different than just finding, you know, a quiet space in the home, but one that is, that is, it's got a, it's got a very specific purpose. You know, it's been, it's been allocated for something that there is no other replacement for. And I think that's cool. That's exactly right. And without sounding a little bit too woo-woo about it, I keep thinking of the space as a portal <laughs> so that okay. like, if you step in, you are really in a different space altogether. Okay. I love that. And I cannot wait to see the pictures. And um, I, I, I love this. And I think it's great. Hi, I'm Meg Lavalette. Um, my firm is Lava Interiors. And um, I have just recently moved my uh, design studio up to Franklin, New York. Um, I still have an outpost in New York City. I'm actually calling in from 28th Street in the Flower District um, in Manhattan looking for some indoor trees. So I make my rounds throughout um, throughout New York City and the tri-state area. That's awesome. I love that. Now, are you looking for trees for your for your space or for another project? I am. It's for the show house, for the oh, kitchen. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the kitchen, tell me about this. Um, yeah, the kitchen is um, a really wonderful space. It's a really wonderful house to begin with. So I am incredibly grateful to, um, to have been selected to participate this year. The kitchen is um, a wonderful space that has a little Eden nook um, off to the end of it with its own private entrance. And I've completely gutted it. I even ripped out some, I, I ripped out actually all of the trim that was not period appropriate. And so I really am starting from a, a blank slate. Um, and I have been, I've been telling my, my vendors this, I've been throwing up Hail Marys to see who will participate with me. And I've been so incredibly lucky to have people catch the, the ball on the other end. Um, Rowan uh, Woodwork is doing custom ebonized white oak base cabinets that are stunning. They just delivered um, the shells, the bases last week, and they're going to deliver the faces um, next week. Um, I am plastering the walls this weekend with Portola paints. And I actually just made a trip to my stone vendor, Arez at Stonework Studio in Queens, who is donating a slab of Pietra Cardoza um, for the countertops. And so Rowan helped me template on Friday. I dropped off the template and worked out the pieces with Arez. And so everything's coming together. Um, and I'm just super excited to see it all happen in the next few weeks. So the, the fabrication is, is happening now? It is happening now. Yes, the template is in Arez's hands. And he is pushing me to the front of the queue. Uh, because again, I'm super lucky. And it, everyone's on deadlines right now with the holidays coming up. And um, it's a double header because of the pandemic. So contractors, vendors, that's why I'm doing a lot of the labor myself. 
Um, the owner has actually um, allowed me to crash in one of the bedrooms very kindly because I'm two hours away from the show house where my where I live and my, my design studio. So um, it's all hands on deck and the stone is getting fabricated as we speak. And I am going to rent a pickup truck next week, borrow an A-frame, um, put it in the back of the bed and drive down and pick up the countertop slabs because I am all in dedicated to make this happen. Okay. So wait a minute. Wow. You. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I, I am, I am picking up what you're putting down. I, (laughs) I, I love this. Um, and I love that approach too. It's like, you know what you've seen, here's, here's what I love. I've covered a lot of design houses and the designers who really go in and jump in both feet and understand what the opportunity is and decide it's a, it's a conscious effort that they're going to make everything they can out of this. And by the way, I've worked with other designers before or spoken with other designers before who have worked on design houses who just sort of show up. I don't want to say they mail it in, but they do what they do. Um, and when they leave, it's gorgeous, but they probably could have done so much more with it. I love that you're approaching this opportunity. So, all right. So we've got the we've got the niche, we've got the countertops, we've got the cabinetry, um, appliances. Who did you use? Um, again, I am just really lucking out. The clients, um, you know, I did I did a, a week or two of research with appliances, um, and I proposed um, a couple of different vendors. And the clients really love to cook. And so this is a big deal for them. And they ended up choosing Viking. So we increased um, the 30-inch Viking range to 36. I really pushed the edge um, of, of, of the maximum size allotted. And I removed, that was actually my end deciding factor on removing some of the trim. So I could push the cabinets over so I could give them a 36-inch Viking instead of the 30-inch mm. range that they had there. So um, Viking, and then, you know, we are um, keeping costs in mind. So we are going to reuse the refrigerator, but I found a creative way to kind of tuck it over in the corner. And we're hiding the Viking dishwasher behind a custom panel that Rowan is uh, designing for us, which is going to be beautiful in that ebonized white oak. Um, And they're also doing a custom... um, uh, pull integrated into the cabinet face. So that way we can forego the hardware and the waterworks fixture can really be the sole piece of jewelry in the kitchen. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. Nice, and, nice touch. Yeah. So I really wanted to, to highlight this beautiful Henry waterworks faucet. Um, and so that was a, a conscious choice to forego the poles and and Rowan is they're experts in doing integrated poles. So they actually proposed a little metal detail, but I said, let's forego it. I really want that waterworks fixture to, and the Viking stainless steel appliance to really be the pieces of metal jewelry. And we're for, we're foregoing um, a hood, which is very unusual. Yeah. Um, when we did demo, we were all surprised that there wasn't any ducting and because there are brick walls in the kitchen, we couldn't um, duct out in, in time and for a reasonable cost. So instead of just doing one of those recirculating hoods that pushes air around, we are foregoing altogether. Um, And um, it, we have 
crazy tall ceilings and the, the owners are not afraid to do that. And so we're going for it. Okay. So no, no venting at all. No. And that way the plaster walls are just going to be this monolithic, um, swathed in this monolithic, um, creamy plaster without, um, any visual, um, obstructions on the wall. So that being said, you've got the brick. Are you also avoiding the backsplash? You know, I am, I just threw up another Hail Mary over the weekend. I reached out to Ann Sachs, who I love working with. They have beautiful tile um, to see if they could donate some tile. We do need a little bit of a backsplash. I would love to forego it. But because I am installing the countertops myself and I templated with Rowan, there, there might be a little bit of a gap. So we need to plan for that. So I might have um, a little bit of tile border around um, that shouldn't provide too much contrast, but um, that's why these show houses are fun and they keep you on your toes because you don't know how everything truly comes together and you just have to have faith because um, I, I think that you, you learn how great humans are in these show house process because People just come through unexpectedly and um, it's, it's pretty amazing the connections that you make along the way and people catching you when, when you think you're falling. It, it is amazing, isn't it? And they roll up their sleeves and it, when someone is struggling or falling back, you will, it, it never fails. Somebody always sort of drops back to pull you up with the rest of the group. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. So um, a lot of faith in humanity uh, in this process. I love that. And you know what? Now's a good time for faith in humanity. That's right. All That's right. right. Um, thank you for the time. I cannot wait to see your space. Thank you. Thank you for, for your time and having us all on here. This is a real pleasure. And it's really fun to uh, watch the other designers in the space. I can't wait for us all to reveal our rooms in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah. see you soon. Thanks so much, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, my name is Matt Marchese for This and That. Uh, we're located in Delhi, New York. Uh, and this year for the show house, I'm doing the basement room. How do you how do you feel about the basement room? I, and I ask because usually you get one of two things. Usually it is, this was my first choice and I love it. Or, you know, this is what they gave me, but it turned out great. Um, honestly, well, realistically speaking, I'm, probably blow us on the totem pole because uh, I'm super new to the designing world. Um, so I rightfully so I got the basement. Um, but when I got, I was like, Oh, this is actually perfect because a, it's my first time doing a show house. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm in the basement. <laughs> no one's going to kind of see what I'm doing anyways. And it really, is just four walls. So I can kind of just do whatever I want with it. Um, instead of like, there's nothing structural really that I needed to do. And it's pretty straightforward. So I kind of like being like, around in the basement. You like being in the basement. I love it. So tell me, tell me about the space. What's the philosophy behind it? How did you approach it? Uh, well, I guess when I walked in, I just had to kind of figure out how, really just what what kind of room can I do with this there's little to no sunlight so I can't I couldn't do anything you know like with a ton of flowers or ton of plants or like or uh and even making it 
really uh, like a bright palette just to me almost seemed like it would be forced. So I was like, you know what, what would I, if this was my house, what would I do with this basement? And it would be some sort of man cave um, or like after hour spot. And I think the word speakeasy was thrown around a little bit. Um, So I kind of met in between all of that um, and then just went like on a higher end, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like an after hours, low key back alley, which there actually is kind of like a back alley to get into it. Um, High, high stakes poker, nice champagne, um, maybe some party favors and uh, just small, small group because it's a small room. So what an interesting concept to put a speakeasy in the basement basement of a house. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this and I'm curious. So Usually with a design house, you know, one of a couple of things happens. Either there's the homeowner who, you know, here's the couple, here's who you're designing for, or you're creating a story in your mind and then designing to that story. Or you're just That's doing it for, your, or you're doing it for yourself because you figured it was something that you would just love to have anyway. So which direction did you go? I think it was once I knew I wanted to do like a speakeasy kind of thing, then I'm kind of thinking back to like, back to when I first moved to New York or even when I was still in New York a few months ago, um, I would play poker at backdoor clubs, like illegal ones. Um, and there was always, you know, a door guy, a couple doors you had to walk through security cameras. Um, so obviously that isn't realistic in a home. Um, and, uh, and maybe even this room isn't realistic in a home, but, uh, I just was like, all right, I'm going to go high end. I'm going to go a little kind of sketchy slash moody. So it's not like, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to, it's definitely going to have a feel of what the fuck when people walk in. Cause I, I'm assuming I've seen the other years of the show houses here and I've seen other show houses um, myself and they're all, you know, usually like, Oh, like, Ooh, and like beautiful. And like, this one's definitely going to be on the, like, I hate the word edgy, but it's definitely going to be like, Oh, like if there's any old ladies that walk in that have ever done any, you know, partying back in the day, they're going to be like, Oh, this is cool. Um, but it's probably not going to match the, the rest of the house. So, so it's, it's directly designed for formerly partying old ladies <laughs> who love it. No, I'm totally, messi- I'm totally messing with you. Um, I, 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 I love it. I love that. It really is. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it really is just like a, it, that's the way I kind of approach it. I was like, you know what? I, I'm in the basement. I need to do something fun. I'm usually doing like a ton of country chic stuff like I've done with my Airbnbs. It's just easy for me. I don't even have to think about it. I can literally just walk in stores or look online, look at designer stuff and be like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And with this one, I was like, I actually had to work the noodle a little bit being like, all right, what would, what would this really look like if it was high end and kind of a high end, but kind of scummy too. Um, Like, you know, there's going to be like um, a built-in wine machine, uh, you know, nice poker cards, uh, cigarettes, cigars, uh, Johnny Walker blue, like just kind of like trashy, but upscale, if that makes sense. You, you have, you have taken the high low mix to a totally different level. Yeah, I think I, I kind of did because I, I even I really, yeah, go ahead. I really like, uh, sorry, 
you get a customer. Uh, I really like, um, and I see this actually came from like a young age too. Like I just, cause I think we didn't grow up with a ton. So you're just kind of like figuring out ways to make your living situation as good as possible. So I just kind of utilized what I had around the house and kind of the same with the showroom. There was some poles that didn't, they were just going to get thrown out or like, you know, thrown in, uh, in the other room. So I was like, Oh, I'll use those for, um, for the sliding door, like the little uh, security door, the peephole. Um, yeah, there's going to be a peephole by the way. Um, but, uh, I just, I just, I just like utilizing what's kind of around in the environment when, when it's left over. And I've done that with both Airbnbs, uh, Airbnbs that I bought where it's like, all right, the people left over these weird uh, tractor parts that the gears actually look really uh, geometrically cool and they'll go here as a paperweight and you wouldn't even notice that, oh, this is just a tractor gear. So I kind of approached that uh, same with the, the room where I'm not messing with, with a lot and just kind of utilizing what the room already has to offer. I love that. So who did you use? Who did you specify? Memo, borrow, steal? Who are we going to find in there? Um, there's going to be a sculptor, uh, Fernando. Um, he has a really cool piece that I'm going to use. It's like a small end table, side table. Um, um, I use a lot of the stuff that I have at my store. Um, that I very, feel very fortunate to have because it's almost like going to a prop house that I own. Um, whether I go into the barn and find, you know, small little things or I had my chairs or some of the chairs already upstairs on the second floor of the shop. Um, I'm using a local, or sorry, uh, a carpenter that got recommended from a friend of a friend of a friend and just kind of make it all, <clears throat> all work together uh, in kind of a rambunctious pattern because uh, opening up the shop, uh, attacking the whole design career um, and moving my life up here all at once has just been like, a huge balancing act, but it kind of almost ties into the, the controlled chaos uh, that I think the room is going to, going to look like. I, I love it. Um, after the fact, now that it's done, is there anything that you would have done differently? Probably drank a little less tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Caught up a little earlier, but I'm going to make it happen and it's, it's going to look good. Um, yeah, no, I honestly, I haven't even gotten to the point where I've, uh, I've definitely gotten to the doubt stage where I'm like, ah, shit, like, this is a, a bit off more than I can chew, but I kind of approach it the same way as I do. Uh, before I was doing this, I was a personal chef um, and was in fine dining. And if you know anything about chefs and, and restaurants in general, every day is like, a, oh, my God, I don't think we can pull this off. And then every day you end your service and you're like, great service. Cool. Let's go home. Bye. And it's the same. I, I have the same exact process of emotions uh, with this. <laughs> and when I do any kind of, you know, Airbnb or design project, I'm always like, this is too much. I bit off more than I can chew. And then I'm like, Oh, there it is. It's beautiful. And it's done. So. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to see it. Um, Cool. Good job. Congratulations on your, on your first design house. Look, and there's going to be more, right? Yes. Yep. Much more to come. Melvin Jones. Uh, the firm is Demore Drake. 
and we are doing the home office classroom. Okay. So interesting. A new take a, a new take on uh I want it's funny, I almost wanted to call it post-COVID, uh, with the <laughs> reminder that we're still mid-COVID. Um, but the idea that is that it's a uh, a hybrid work learning space, I, I love it. So when you when you think of this, how did you, what was the philosophy behind it? How did you put it together? And for whom did you design it? Um, and you know what? Um, I have a design partner, Marilyn. Uh, should we wait for her to log on as well? Or? Oh, yeah. You know what? Sorry. I'm totally, I'm totally early, aren't I? And, yes. and I, I, and I, I lo- and I'm early and I was, I was getting, this wasn't working. So I was testing it. And of course, now it's working. <laughs> And I love it. I met, I met, I met her last week um, and we spoke and she's awesome. And I'm totally looking forward to catching up. Yes. Do I have a visual or am I just a name? You're just a name. Okay. Now it's funny. You guys are scheduled for 1150, aren't you? Uh, She told me 250. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. I'm on, I'm on Pacific time. Oh, right, right, right. So, oh yeah, so you're super early. It's 10 minutes early, yes. Yeah, you are. Okay, so you know what? Um, I'm supposed to be talking to Matthew Marchez. Marchez or Marchese? Marchez. Okay. Anyway, he's not here yet. So if he winds up blowing me off, then we can just talk for a few minutes. If he comes, I'll put you back in the the, uh, waiting room. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Very cool. Um, So how's it going so far? It's going really well. It's always very exciting. Um, there's always, well, it's just like with doing design, you know, in the, you know, the real world with clients. I would imagine that that's true. Okay, well, good. You know, it's funny, Marilyn, Melvin and I have just, we've been, uh, we've been just chatting up a storm uh, talking about design houses. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, by the way, if you are looking for people, mm-hmm. I have two interior designers. One participated in the show house last year, and another is a set designer for movies. But she was on a panel discussion at the show house last year, and they met at the show house, and they started their own interior design business up here in the Hudson Valley. So it's no like a nice, kidding. Yeah, it's a great sort of interesting compliment between like a set designer and interior designer having a design practice. They might be like really fun to talk to. Yeah, no, I would absolutely love that. You know, it's really funny because um, I think, and I've said this so many times already, I've been, it's funny, I've been talking now nonstop since 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> the, the voice is almost gone. But it's funny because it has come up on more than one occasion um, how similar design houses are to sets and yes. set decorators. Yep, yep. And that's exactly it, why we did that panel discussion last year, because interior designers are forever interested in how that piece of it works. Yeah, no, and it's interesting because I've been working with the Set Decorator Society of America for years now. Um, and I've been talking uh-huh. to set decorators for probably about five years now. And there's a couple of things about set design and showcase houses that are so similar. First mm-hmm. being, um, you control the reveal. Whereas when you have a, a, a real client, you don't always control that reveal, right? They're yep. in and out of the house and they're, it's sort of you're on their terms. Right. Here you control that reveal. And with set decorators, it's so funny. They own their set. So right. they don't start shooting until the set decorator says, 
here's the here's the design. It's finished. It's all yours. You can go. Show the heat so on. <laughs> they actually have a moment where they, you know, the, everyone gathers around and they're like, okay, here's the set. And then everyone walks on and, and looks at it. I think that's really kind of cool. The other thing is set decorators are not permitted to say no. It's not permitted, but in that biz, you don't tell your producer, you don't tell your director, no, I can't do that. It's like, oh, interesting. You want that? You want to bust through the- it's not the their vision. Room? Yeah, it's it's right. it's like, oh, if, if you want to bust in the living room, we'll get you a bus in the living room. It may not happen this afternoon, <laughs> and it may completely blow up your budget, right, right, right. But right. we'll do it. And I think that you know that's kind of cool. And I'm curious that because you've been involved in this, it, this is your baby. This is this is your thing. Um, going into the third year, and I love that you and I, Maryland, spent some time already. You know, tell me, tell me about the design house this year. Tell me how you feel about it. Tell me how everything has come together. Um. Well, it's been lots of stops and starts. You know, usually we once we have the dates of the designers come in, they come in and they're in there until they're done. And most designers, you know, if, if they've done show houses before, they can kind of do their spaces in a couple of weeks. Um, because everybody's had such a hard time finding contractors. So the designers, you know, were in the house for the first couple of weeks and then they all left for about three weeks as we had various contractors come in. And now they're back in. So it's been a little bit disjointed um, in terms of execution this year. But the spaces are looking amazing. Um, we're about three weeks away from opening. So we're opening the 27th of November. And it's been, you know, it's it's great to see seasoned interior designers because this is part of what we do, right? Is deal with all the chaos. And, you know, and this year yeah, we have that in spades at the show yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the client, the, the owner, the homeowners this year are phenomenal. Yeah, they are. They, they, they've been so gracious in terms of letting the designers do whatever they want. In fact, they turned over the house to us um, before they even move in. So they're moving in after the show house is over. See, and that's that's one of the things if you if you have good owners, you know, back to set decorators, it's like if you have a good director, you know, if you have a good art director, if it makes things go so much smoother. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, whatever we can do this year to facilitate everything, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, is definitely what it's about, for sure. Yeah, the machine needs a lot of oil. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell me about your space. Tell me about the space that you've taken on. Um, tell me about your room. So we took over um, what's technically the dining room of the house. And it's a beautiful turn of the century mansion with just lovely tin ceilings. The dining room has a lot of good moldings, but it doesn't have kind of the grandeur of the other spaces on the ground floor. So we decided to take that as an opportunity to do something more functional with the space. So we're doing a combination home office, home classroom, um, you know, specifically because so many people are trying to figure out how to fit those spaces into their homes um, on a semi-permanent basis going forward. Um, so we're trying to kind of provide some inspiration that way this year. Well, it's interesting, too, because Melvin and I were chatting a little bit before and I had said, you know, what, what is your vision of this in a post-COVID world? And it was like, wait a minute, we're not post-COVID yet. We're like <laughs> mid-COVID. <laughs> yeah, and no. And yeah. that is one of the things that's really so important is that, and I think forever changes the, the way that we live, 
you know, that home office, that home school, that home scrapbooking room, that home editing bay. I mean, yeah. you name it, it's going to have to be flexible. And I'm just curious, as you approach this with so many things that you know and don't know, how did, how did you envision this? Um, well, one of the key pieces in our space is this custom piece that we're creating specifically for the homeroom, because one of the things that everybody has to think about going forward is having not just rooms that are fungible, that can perform many functions, but also furniture um, that can, can perform various functions and that's can be moved around easily because people are, you know, going forward, people are looking at different ways to incorporate um, home office spaces, home classroom spaces, and it may not be the same space from week to week. So how do you like, you know, create an environment that may not be permanent in your home? And so we have, you know, in response to that, we have a custom piece that we're doing for the show house that begins to speak to um, how do you set up a semi-permanent home, you know, home classroom space that feels permanent, but can be removed when, you know, your child is spending two days a week at school. And, and, and you know, and I'm just thinking that, moving forward, even when, you know, things get a little better with this current thing that's going on, I think it's a good idea to still, well, I bet people will do this on their own. They probably really won't trust everything 100% again. So the idea of having something tucked away that if you need it, you could pull it out and use it again, right, <laughs> might right. end up being a good thing. And what, we, and what, you know, what we've designed for this space as far as with a, like with a, a home student can do that. They can tuck it away when it's not being used, it, when the student's in school and they can tuck it away hopefully when things change and the student could go back to school period. But who knows what's on the horizon? I mean, you know, who would have ever thought this would have happened? Yeah, you know, the more I talk to people about sort of changes in interior design, I, I always go back to kind of that Japanese mode of interior design, where, you know, spaces, you know, the bones of the space are there, but they're fairly generic so that you can, you know, create right. a dining room space, you can create a bedroom space, right. and there are mats, and there are foldable beds, and there are low tables that tuck away. And I think that, especially for those of us that don't have, you know, 3000 square foot homes, um, you know, this becomes a really important way to start thinking about how you, you know, how you decorate a space. Yeah. And it goes back to usefulness too, and, and serviceable spaces. And I, you know, I think it's, it's amazing. Um, so who did you use? What partners did you work with? Who did you specify? What products? I mean, how did, who did you, who did you work with? Well, we're, we're working with, uh, with, with uh, Meg. Right, Mayor? Hard so, 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 we're, so the custom piece of furniture we're doing with Megan Offner. She's a, a local, she's right here in Kingston. And she is a furniture designer and furniture maker. Her company is New York Heartwoods. Um, so it's great to kind of partner on a custom piece with a local maker. Um, we also have a custom art piece, which is very exciting because it's not often that as interior designers, we get to create custom art pieces for spaces. But, you know, show houses are great opportunities to do that. Um, you know, as part of our sort of working at home, teaching at home, um, we have sort of a theme going through our space, which is all about inclusion and how do you create an environment of inclusion through artwork. And so, um, you know, we have a custom art piece that is kind of an educational piece. 
Um, you know, it's, it's uh, we don't want to reveal too much, but it's a lovely graphic kind of spray painted piece, very, very modern, but it also has an educational component where it references sort of key things that people should know, key people that have been left out of, of, of our history. Um, and then of course, our big sort of wow for the space is um, our, board, um, our board member, Sheila Bridges. And she has this very famous Harlem toile, which kind of lampoons the traditional sort of toile de jouie that we know from France. <laughs> and she's kind of updated that with very urban scenes of little girls playing, you know, um, double dutch, pops, double double dutch, dutch. you know, yes. and she has like some kids hanging out with a big boom box, you know, those big, big boom boxes from the 80s. Um, so again, sort of like, different ways that we can look at art and different ways that we can begin to introduce um, different points of view. As, as I'm listening to you describe this, I'm thinking about, and, and this, is, this is the one thing, if, if I could pin it to what I love most about design houses, is I've, I've always kind of, kind of envisioned the design house as the equivalent of what the automotive industry does with the car show, right? You go there to see what's new, what's now, what's next. You go there to get inspired. You go there, it's aspirational. You, it, you go there, hopefully, to think a little bit, right? And you guys, I, I've been, you know, I've been talking to now you and all of your designers for a couple of hours now today. Right. And it has painted this picture of a space that is old yet new, um, historically sound yet that one eye keenly poised on the future. Oh, for um, sure. Representing what is and what was and what should be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, yes. you know, the show house, you know, we are a very different type of show house than other show houses. Um, you know, the show house, the Kingston Design Show House, for me, creating it was always less about sort of showcasing, you know, new trends and things like that, but really more about showcasing a particular point of view about Hudson Valley design, um, which is really coming from a unique perspective a real sort of art for making um, and for designing, you know, having that traditional background, but really creating modern updated sort of work. You know, like one of the things that I love, I, you know, I mentioned that custom art piece, you know, people should feel free to create works, right? As opposed to going to a gallery and buying something. So we're working with um, this artist named Rowan Willigan. And she is an artist as well as a muralist and a photographer, all sorts of things, which I also appreciate about the Hudson Valley, that people tend to kind of really sort of look at other disciplines and how that, that kind of, you know, what that does in terms of informing the work that they do. But I think that, you know, the Kingston Design Show House is really kind of showcasing a certain, you know, a, a certain point of view about design. And I think that you can see that very clearly in the Hudson Valley with our makers and our artists. And I hope that every year we really kind of do pay homage to that by reflecting that in the house. And, and this year, so forgive me, there's a virtual component. Is there a live component? 
So we are going to be open to the public. Yep. So so we're going to be open from the 27th of November to December 17th. Okay. And we're doing, um, you know, generally you can just go buy tickets and come whenever you want. So we're actually this year, people are going to, have to buy tickets in advance and pick time slots. So we're going to kind of have very controlled tours. And then we're also working on doing um, a virtual tour as well. Well, I'm really excited about this. I absolutely cannot wait to see it. Um, so thank you for sort of the the audio tour through it. Um, I can't wait to see the video tour. I cannot wait to see. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. one thing. We it's can't one, either. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, you know, I say that to people all the time. People say, oh, Marilyn, I can't wait to see what you and Mel do in your space. And I always say, yeah, we can't either. <laughs> but, you know, um, we've been showing a lot of sneak peeks. You know, one of the things we love to do is if you go on our Instagram page and it's the same address on Facebook, it's Kingston Design Connection. And, you know, all the designers are, you know, we encourage them to post you know, sort of in process photos. So you'll get kind of like really cool sneak peeks. Um, just just actually an hour ago, we have a decorative painter um, company is called Turner and Turner. And they're using, I think seven or eight different paint colors. All of our paint was donated by Benjamin Moore. And the sneak peek that they just posted is just amazing. You know, just a paint treatment, I promise you most have not seen before. It's beautiful. I love that. Um, and there are some spaces in your house that I just cannot wait to see. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, Marilyn, Melvin, thank you for the tour. Thank you for the time. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to all of the remarkable creatives that fought through extreme circumstances to bring this project home. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your extraordinary partnership. And thank you for listening. My goal is to bring you the stories behind Sublime Design, wherever that may be. To share those stories, bring you business strategies to help you build a stronger firm, and inspire you to do your most creative work. For more, please follow us on Instagram at Convo by Design with an X. Check us out at ConvoByDesign.com. Until next week, be well, and keep creating. Mm-hmm.